Hey everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to you, no matter where you're coming from, and Happy New Year. Can you believe it's 2023? My gosh. Yeah, you know, it feels like just yesterday it was 2022. Come on, come on. Hey, if you don't know me, my name is Gil. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here at Mountain. Uh, I get to work with young adults around here at Mountain. So if you've been around here recently, you know that God's kind of been stirring up something that we call unstoppable good. And unstoppable good is kind of a little bit of the reason why I'm here. You all decided that you care deeply about young adults and creating a place where they can come and be known and seen and loved and find a place of belonging, find their purpose, uh, uh, be equipped to live in the world that we're living in. Uh, And like all good movements, Unstoppable Good spread itself to me and to my wife, Ellie, down in North Carolina. We caught the vision and we we cared deeply about those things too. And that kind of is what brought us up here. So that's kind of why we're here. It's the best decision we've ever made. Uh, We're loving every single second of it uh, and grateful that Unstoppable Good brought us along and excited for all that's ahead in 2023, especially for young adults. So uh, yeah, it's another year. Let's do this. If you're at all campuses, just put a hand up if you're a New Year's person. Like you love New Year's, you throw the party, maybe it's got a theme, people go out, oh, it's got a theme, it's like Roaring Twenties or like, you know, Murder Mystery New Year's or whatever it is, like that's you, you love it, cool, good for you, I'm not one of those people. I've, I've grown like a little disillusioned with it, to be honest, over the years, like just kind of tired of the New Year's thing, like gave up on the resolution thing seven years ago and it's just like, are we going to do this again? Come on. Um, I think no matter where you are, there's, you have to admit like there's something about this time of year where like the the busyness and the chaos and the noise of the Christmas season kind of like settles down. There's a moment to breathe, kind of reassess. You can't really avoid the question, can you? What are you going to do with this year? I think uh, if we're honest, like there, there really is an opportunity. I think there's an invitation for us. If we just lean in and listen, what is God speaking to me this year? I think it's an opportunity to cultivate the good stuff, the stuff that matters. And it kind of reminds me of this scene from uh, Luke chapter 2, right after the Christmas story, that the noise and the drama and the craziness, that the light has entered into the world, all this stuff, the dust settles on the Christmas story, and we find Jesus, still a young boy, doing something really interesting. Check it out. Luke chapter 2, verse 41. It says, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. And three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And his parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Jesus grew 
in wisdom and stature and favor with God and people. And so the Christmas story ends. We have like the Home Alone passage. I'm convinced this is where they got the plot to Home Alone. Jesus runs away from his parents. They're looking for him. They can't find him. Jesus lost in New York or whatever. Uh, And here, here he is devoting himself to doing what? Growing. Like, think about, think about this for a second. Can we just take a moment? Jesus, son of God, had to grow in his relationship with his father. Jesus, the embodiment of wisdom, had to grow into wisdom. Jesus, the perfect picture of self-sacrificial love, had to grow in his relationships with others. Jesus had to go through a process of maturity in human flesh. So here's the, here's the craziest thing. If we were to map out kind of a timeline of Jesus' life, we can throw it up here. Um, we have one verse, Luke 2.52. Jesus grew in, in wisdom, stature, and favor in God with other people. And it describes 20 years of Jesus' life. Like Luke didn't give us any more details. He could have done a little more investigating for us, but that's all we get. If we were to map it out, this is what it looks like. So we have this 20-year gap uh, of Jesus' life that this is all we get. He grew in these three ways. We usually think about Jesus' miracles, his passion, his death, his resurrection, all this, all this stuff that he did that was so public and amazing. We forget about these hidden years, 20 hidden years in Nazareth. I love this painting by a Ukrainian artist. Her name is Ivanka Demchuk. Uh, and it's, the, it's called The Hidden Years of Jesus. And, and here he is. I love this picture because it's, it's a beautiful picture, first of all. Uh, the colors are amazing, but it's just a picture of a, of a pretty normal family living their life in Nazareth. They got laundry on the line. Uh, Jesus is running to his mother. You'll notice uh, one thing we do know about Jesus is he was the son of Joseph, a carpenter. So you'll notice Joseph's uh, carpentry tools up there. Uh, and what's, what's really, really cool is this word here, Jesus grew. Uh, it's this Greek word called prokopto. Uh, and it's kind of this, this sandwich of two words. One is pro, uh, which means forward. And kopto is actually this um, woodworking, blacksmithing word. It means to like chop or to like drive something forward with a hammer, to literally hit something until it stretches out and grows. Uh, and, and so here's what we have, which is really cool. Luke, the gospel writer, uses a, a woodworking word to talk about this, this carpenter's son growing up, which is amazing. I love the details that the Bible gives us. Uh, but here's the point. This is the picture of Jesus' process of maturity. He didn't snap his fingers and show up at age 30. something much deeper and stronger, more robust thing that Jesus devotes his life to this long, slow process of growing up, cultivating deep spiritual maturity. Let me ask you this. Are you mature? Are you mature? How do you know? Like, like what's your maturity producing around you? See, I think a lot of us probably think we're a lot more mature than we actually are. And to be honest, I think one of the things we notice about the world we live in, there's just like a lot of examples of often public, you think about famous people and leaders, public failures because of often what? Private places of of immaturity. And it turns out in the New Testament, growing alongside Jesus as he matures is kind of something like the whole point for Christians. In fact, I think 
the New Testament writers would argue, if you stop growing in wisdom and in stature and in your relationship with God and in your, in your relationship with other people, you stop growing, period. Check out Hebrews 5. It says this, you've been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic teachings about God's word. You're like babies, he says. 1 Corinthians 3, Paul says this, Brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you weren't ready for it. Paul says this, love this picture of maturity in the New Testament. He is the one, Jesus, that we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. About this one, Ephesians 4 and the message. I love this. This is great. God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ, who's the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. So here's the thing, God's vision is that you and I would actually grow up too. He desires to bring you there and, and close the gap between who you are now and where he sees you at the end of 2023. I want to grow up too. I hope you do too, because I, I just like, what would happen if we did one, one year of what Jesus spent 20 years doing? In these three ways, cultivating the good stuff, the stuff that matters. All right, so here we go. I'm going to give you three words that you can hang on to all year for 2023. A lot of people, they do the New Year's thing. They give you one word for the year. giving you three, so take that. Uh, all right, you ready? First one is this. Say it with me. Learn. Learn. What do I mean by that? We need to grow up in wisdom, just as Jesus did. What do you think of when you hear the word wisdom? I'll tell you exactly what I think of. Old guy, white beard, like Gandalf, Dumbledore. I think a lot of you have the same picture, right? We have this, also have this picture, I think, of wisdom that uh, it, 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 it equates for us somehow to like having a lot of knowledge in your head or reading a lot of books. I don't know where this picture came down from, uh, but it's not that surprising, right? We live in this age called the age of information or the information age where like content and information is king, right? And wisdom is measured by how much of it we can get. And there's endless potential because there's endless content on the internet and all over. And here's what, here's what I think has happened. I think we're still kind of starved for wisdom in a lot of ways. Do you agree? Like all this barrage of information has like stripped us, I think, of a pursuit of wisdom. And there's no pursuit of wisdom anymore because I can get any answer I need from my phone, advice about dating or sex or marriage or who should I marry or how to get along with people at work. Uh, if I've got a headache, I can go on WebMD and get the worst medical advice you've ever seen. Uh, and, and you'd think we'd be the smartest, most capable, wise people in human history. But I don't know, what do you think? I think some of us might say it's done the opposite. I love this quote from Richard Foster. He wrote this 50 years ago. He says this, The desperate need today is not for a great number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. 
said that in 1978, almost 50 years ago. Aren't you hungry for that sort of thing? That kind of depth? Do you know anybody like that in your life who just embodies wisdom, like how to live life well? My grandfather is one of these, one of these guys. He can fix anything, plumbing stuff, electric. Uh, he's seen like the brokenness of the human condition. He's seen it all, but he can make you laugh more than any Netflix comedian ever could. There's something different about these kinds of people. Wise people hold life differently. They bear suffering differently. They humbly guide people through life differently. And Jesus devoted himself to becoming that kind of person for the sake of the world. He increased in wisdom. And how did he do it? He took the posture of a learner. Let's go back to verse 46 here. It says, three days later, right, his parents are looking for him. They discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. How can you and I take the posture of a learner in 2023? I want to spend some more time to create some more space to let God speak and to let others speak into my life. Maybe you've got someone in your life uh, who you know is wise, and you're just like, man, I just need to get around that person more. Set up a monthly meeting with them and take in wisdom from a person. Maybe wisdom for you, you've been walking for a long, long time, and wisdom for you just means obedience. Like, it's just do what God has been calling you to do for a long, long time. Maybe it's just saying yes. What we need to learn ultimately is that wisdom is making Jesus' pathway to growth our own, taking the posture of a learner, humbly submitting ourselves to listen and grow, not just by taking in more content, but by listening to more people. And ultimately, this is like the, this is what Luke is trying to tell us is, is and ultimately it's the, the claim, the radical claim that the early Christians made that changed the world is that it wasn't the philosophers or the Stoics or the Epicureans or the, the high-minded intellectual people that had all the information that told us what wisdom was. And it wasn't the government officials who had all the power. And it wasn't the influential sages or artists or poets or whoever had all the influence that told us what wisdom was. No, Luke's saying, if you follow this child, Jesus, from the backwater town of Nazareth, on the corner of the empire, on his way to growing up in wisdom, you too will find wisdom. Jesus had to grow up in wisdom, and you and I will too. Are you with me? All right, that was learn. Next one, lean, lean. What do I mean, what do I, what do I mean by this? We want to grow in our, in de- our dependence, rather, on God. Let's go back to Luke 2. Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God. And the Bible says Jesus grew in favor with God. Think about that for a second. What does it mean that Jesus grew in favor with his heavenly father? See, you really don't think about Jesus having to grow in his relationship with God. Uh, you know, he didn't have to earn God's favor, but he, he had an infinite amount of it to grow into. Same with you and I. There's nothing you can do to earn God's favor, but we can grow into it infinitely. One scholar says it like this. He, he was like, Jesus was growing in how much of God's influence was on his heart. It was like he was just getting everything from the Father. And this is ultimately what we see uh, when he turns 30, the kind of person he becomes, right? The perfect embodiment of spiritual maturity, Jesus says in John chapter 5, uh, 
I, I can't do anything apart from the Father. I'm, in other words, I'm leaning on him for everything. So here's what Jesus is modeling for us. Spiritual maturity might not be growing to be more dependent or self-sufficient, even though those things might be good, but it might be growing to be more dependent on God and who he is. For us, maturity might look like leaning on God more, not less. Ultimately, like the, the holiest people we see in the Bible, right? The saints, think about Abraham and Moses and David and all these people, just the people that leaned on God the most. That's why so many stories around here have been so cool. People who have made the, the hardest, most sacrificial commitments around unstoppable good, whether it's jumping into a group or serving for the first time or a financial commitment, they're pictures of maturity, pictures of people leaning on God being stretched and grown, letting God forge us into the people we're going to be. That's why the most spiritually mature people I know are the people who are going to say, yeah, I'm going I'm to take a week off and go to a kid's camp or a student's camp. Uh, or I'm a little biased, but I think these people are pretty spiritually mature. The people who say, I'm going to give up a day of the week and just have young adults in my home and teach them the wisdom that I've, I've grown to know and love them. I see that as a mark of spiritual maturity. People who lean on God and trust him. And you can start 2023 from a place of leaning on God's favor. I think this is what separates this kind of growth from like the New Year's resolution thing, right? We, if, it was, if growth was all about us just growing up and getting excited and setting goals, growth would stop when we stopped getting excited. But when you know... He loves me. He has no shortage of favor for me. He has a vision for my future. He has endless love and favor to pour out on me. He's called me his child. I can lean on him. I think growth is possible. I think some of us have probably gone our whole lives and haven't really been able to receive that. We work too hard or we lead too much or there's too many people leaning, depending on us. When was the last time you just sat still and received God's love and favor? Leaning on him, depending on him. Would your ego even allow that? Or your schedule even allow you to do that? How can we create more margin and space for that in 2023? We've got an endless supply of God's favor to grow into. For 20 years, Jesus had to lean on God. You and I will too. Learn, lean. Last one is this, love. We want to grow up and mature in love. Back to Luke 2. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and all the people. He grew in favor with others. He cultivated relationships in his life because he knew that relationships mattered. And growing in favor for Jesus didn't mean growing his platform or his influence in the world. Remember, he shows up on the scene 20 years later. No one even knows who he is. We often think, like, he, oh, he grew in favor and he got more and more likable and people, people enjoyed him. And then that was it. He was 30. Everyone liked him. That's not really the picture we get. I, I think it, favor is a lot more about, it's more than just people liking you. Think about the old Michael Scott quote from The Office. He says this. Do I need to be liked? Absolutely not. 
I like to be liked. I enjoy being liked. I have to be liked. But it's not like this compulsive need to be liked, like my need to be praised. Some of us can identify with that. See, I think favor is something much, much deeper than that sort of thing. I think it's about cultivating the relationships that matter. And our relationships matter. We actually are our relationships. They quite literally make us who we are. The people I spend my time with, my family, my loved ones, the people I look up to, they make me who I am. And we know this is true, but it's actually unfolding around us all the time. Uh, And some of you might have seen this study from Framingham, Massachusetts, uh, that just brings this out so clearly. Originally, a research exercise conducted to trace the causes of heart disease in a small town in Massachusetts starting in 1948 of 5,209 people. And so I started looking into this data, and the the data they collected was so detailed, uh, they found something really, really interesting. People were really, really sensitive to one another's emotional states. People were so sensitive, in fact, that an increase in happiness in one person could spread up to four people away. As a result, like a 40% increase in one person's happiness would increase the happiness of another by at least 10% up to four people away. Okay, so here's what's happening here. If I get on the phone and talk to my wife and I'm in a good mood and then she goes to the cashier at Royal Farms and talks to him and he calls his mother in Chicago, his mom in Chicago has a little bit of my emotional state in her life. She's affected by that four people away. What? That's crazy. We are so much more connected to one another than we think. And here's the thing, like we already know, our relationships matter. And in fact, they're like vital pieces of who we are and who we become and how we change. So it goes without saying, if I want to follow Jesus as he grows up into his relationships with others, I probably can't do that alone. I think it matters who those people are in our lives. So look at your web and your network. Think about that. Maybe that's the reason why you want to join a group in 2023. You might need to form some new relationships I want to give you a moment just to reflect on this piece. You probably know the step that you feel like you need to take. To text the person you haven't spoken to in a couple months or even years. Maybe you need to get out of an unhealthy relationship. Maybe there's a relationship you've been neglecting. Maybe for you, like your whole world is this like safe Christian bubble or everyone you hang out with looks like you and thinks like you. Maybe you feel God kind of pulling you out of that. Here's the, here's the thing that just honestly kind of keeps me up at night about the Jesus thing is like, what did he do for 20 years that made him into the kind of person that we see at age 30 who gives his life for the sake of everyone, the world, the rich, the poor, the marginalized, the suffering, the sick, literally anybody but himself. He worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. He never got a degree. He never started a family. He never had kids. He never owned property. 
Literally 20 years goes by and nobody takes notice of God in their midst. And here's what I think. I think he was growing and cultivating something much, much deeper and more real than any of that stuff. I think something happened in those 20 years that made Jesus the kind of person who would give his life for the sake of the world. And I want that. And I don't have that yet. And I'm, I'm 25, just turned 26, and so roughly the amount of time we're talking about here, 20 years, and I can, I can confidently tell you I've, I've lived at least 20 of those years for me. Figuring out my skills, what I want, building my own education, surrounding myself with the people I think are cool and relatable to my own experience. And I'm ready to grow up and mature in love. I'm ready to grow and learn. I'm tired of pretending I've got all the answers. It's exhausting. And I want to make room for God to transform me this year. I'm ready to learn, to lean, and to love a little bit more in 2023. And to be honest, it's like, I don't have a lot of interest in the New Year's resolution thing this year. And this is the reason, because I, I just, I really do think this stuff is, it's better. 2,000 years have gone by of human progress and development, and this is still like the most strong and robust pathway to human wholeness in the history of the world. This is the stuff. I just don't, I don't want us to miss out or settle for like, tiny goals or life hacks or shallow goal setting. He's got so, so much more for you and for me. Hold your heart before him. Humbly lean on him this year. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Seek his wisdom, his favor, and you'll find it. So let's get real practical before we leave today. Uh, I want to invite you to join me this year as you think about the ways you want to mature in these three categories. And I'll show you exactly what I've tried to do. Uh, so if you're at home and or you're in your seat today, go ahead and grab a sheet of paper uh, and a pen. And I'll show you a little bit of exactly what I'd, I've done. I've just drawn two lines down a sheet of paper. So you've got three columns. Can you guess what they are? Learn. How am I going to grow in wisdom? Lean. How am I going to lean on God and his favor? Love. Three columns, three ways that we can move forward in maturity. I'll just, I'll give you a little, couple of what I've been doing. So learn. I want to grow in wisdom. I've got a spiritual mentor that I want to meet with once a month. Just sit under his wisdom. Learn from a person who's walked through it. He's been following Jesus longer than I am. Maybe that's a goal you want to, you want to set. Maybe for you, growing in wisdom, again, it's just like say yes to wherever God is calling you. You've been sitting on the sidelines for too long. Lean on God. Maybe you, you know, you've been, uh, maybe it's just like a, a matter of having a little less phone in the morning, a little more scripture, like open up with the word of God. One of the things I've been doing is there's an app called Lectio 365, and it just reads prayer and scripture over me before I go to bed. It's the last thing I'm taking in before I go to sleep. 
uh, and there's an Irish lady who reads it to you. She has a really cool accent, uh, and it's amazing. It's the last thing I'm receiving. It's like God's love and favor, and then you go to bed. You can do it in the morning as well. There's plenty of ways. Think about habits that you can, you can put into practice this year to lean on God. And love, I don't know what it's like for you if you're like me. I love to cook. It makes me feel like a human. I love doing it. Uh, and I'm going to do it not just for me and my own family this year, but once a month I'm going to do it for someone other than me and my family. That's, that's my goal. Uh, maybe for you, you just need to think about the people in your life. Like Maybe you just need fellowship and community. You've been sitting on the sidelines for the last couple of years, and you're just ready to step into community. Prioritize it. Maybe you jump into a small group. We're launching Rooted this week uh, in just about six days, I think. And it's a great opportunity for you to jump into a group. Even if you're not familiar with the Jesus thing or church, uh, we're just going to walk through the basics and grow together uh, in the way of Jesus. And it's going to be a great, great opportunity for you to do that. Maybe you need to do that. What's on your list? I've given you a three, four. You do the rest. As you do this, think about uh, rather than big goals, usually in New Year's we think about set, setting, setting big, big goals. Uh, I, I want to encourage you, think more so like small habits. I think habits create space for God to work and transform us. So if you're going to read, you want to read 30 books this year, don't set that. Do 45 minutes, an hour of reading per day. Read the Gospel of John every day. You know, that sort of thing. Habits create space for God to do the work on us rather than setting big goals. And whatever you decide to do, you might do this thing. You might throw it in the garbage today, or you might think maybe you're too cool for that. Um, you might think, yeah, I'm actually pretty mature. I've actually grown up, and I'm really, really mature. actually don't really need this sort of thing. That's good for you. I haven't really arrived at these things yet. Wisdom, leaning on God the way I need to, grace, growing in love in my relationships with others. Do we really think we've arrived at the things that Jesus had to grow in? So if you've reached the highest level of maturity, that's good. Maybe this, maybe this isn't for you, but I want to walk in this stuff this year. Like, let's go. Maybe you're just not ready to take a step like this. Maybe like mental health stuff is, is hard right now and you're not ready to just jump into something like this. And that's, that's okay. We're, we're about to walk uh, in the next couple weeks through a series on mental health. And I hope you'll stick around because I, you'll, you'll, I think you'll be comforted by it and get a lot out of it. Maybe that's you. Be with us for that. Maybe you're just a little skeptical of the whole Jesus thing or the church thing. Uh, you're not sure if it's for you. I think some, in some ways, if that is you, this is kind of a good peek behind the curtain of like, what, what are we about? You know, the things that we're kind of running after. Things we're actually trying to cultivate. Uh, maybe you want to give this stuff a try. It's not like religious activity or just for pastors or religious people. We're after Jesus. The embodiment of self-giving, radical, perfect, and free love. And we think following him is worth it. This is a way of life and an invitation to accept, I think, that just doesn't just give you a fresh start in 2023, but will literally transform you from the inside out.
Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for your pathway to growth. Thank you for the person you are and that we're invited to follow you and walk with you into it. God, thank you that as we look out ahead with hope and peace and comfort about this year, no matter where we might be, we thank you that we're not on our own. We don't have to grow or set goals or make habits or become the kind of person we want to be by ourselves, but we can lean on you and your spirit. Father, I want to pray over our community, our church community at this moment, that whether we decide to walk forward in this stuff or not, that you would take us into 2023 from a place of rest in who you are. We love you, Father, and we pray this in your name. Amen.